Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. guy making all the noises like he's for real that's how they talk apparently that's how Bigfoot talks you didn't know that that's how they talk to one another um and these guys have they've I've said it every week they've lost their mind like they're absolutely and I've said this I am more convinced that Bigfoot's not real after this trip than I was before like there's no way there's no way there's no way but what astonishes me is every time I mean, every time I am astonished at what people actually believe, right? What they believe is true that isn't true. What they don't believe is true that is true. And um, Ephesians, actually, I was reading this morning in my devotion. And um, before I started studying the sermon, it said this. It says that the hope is that we would grow our roots down in Christ on truth so that you and I would not be blown away by every new teaching that sounds close to the truth, right? And that's been the goal of this series. And, And man, people are going to believe things that aren't real and I just don't get, I don't get why people believe things. I don't understand why people believe in Bigfoot. I don't understand why people believe in Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, right? That's what the insiders call her, um, Napoleon Dynamite. Um, And I don't understand like why people do what they do. This past week, Casey and I, um, we traveled to Mount Zion National Park while our kids were at youth camp. And to get there, we flew into Vegas. And I, I, I realized why I get in and out of Vegas as quick as possible as soon as we were trying to get to our rental car. Um, the people, have, have, like clothing is optional in Vegas apparently. Um, and I was like, oh, and Casey's like pointing to all these people like, did you see that? Did you see that? I'm like, ah, like, no, I don't want to see that, right? And I'm like, what are, what are you thinking right now? Like, I'm like, you may be a stripper, but you don't have to tell everybody publicly, right? Like what you want to do is fine. And so I was just like, like unbelievable, like how, how, how they were dressed and what was going on. And, and we'll talk more about our trip in a little bit. But I'm just amazed at what people do and how they conduct themselves. I just don't get it. And there's some things I got to tell you in life in general, I don't understand. I, I, I don't get and I can't tell you the why behind what has happened. And there's a lot of times and there's a lot of situations 
that we go through situations and we go through circumstances. And I would love to say, man, I can give you the spiritual meaning behind that. I would love to give you the spiritual meaning of why that happened and be able to answer every one of your questions. But as your pastor, as I look past, man, even just the last 10 years, there's a lot of situations that people have gone through that I just don't know why. I've seen husbands lose wives and wives lose husbands way, way too early. I've seen kids have to go to their parents' funerals that, that just came out of nowhere. I've seen parents have to bury their children and they're just like, man, if there was anything I could do, I would take their place in a heartbeat. And I don't have the why behind that because there was a lot of life still left to live. There was a lot of things and there was a lot of plans and now they're having to deal with what should have been that isn't. And they lost the potential of what they were dreaming of their life looking like. I've walked with people through divorces, through affairs. They didn't ask for it. They didn't want to go through that. And yet that's what they've gone through. I, I, I've walked through people going through addiction where, addict, man, they want to get over it and they just don't know how to get clean and how to get free. And it seems like the addiction always wins. Why is that? Why is that happening? And there are so many different circumstances and there are so many situations that I would love to come up and say, hey, this is why and let me make sense of it because that's what we want as humans. That's what we want life to be is to make sense of situations that don't make sense. We want to see a cause and effect. We want to find out whose fault it is. And this isn't anything new. This is happening since like biblical times. In fact, it says this in John chapter 9, verse 1 through 2. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been born blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why, why was this man born blind? Why did this happen, right? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And you've heard these conversations. In fact, I had uh, Chris Lichtemeyer come up to me after first service and she said, I gotta share this with you. When I was born and I have a severely handicapped daughter that said she would maybe live a year, year and a half. She's about to turn 32 years old. How awesome is that? Um, but she said when I was in the hospital and, and had her, a pastor came up and said, if you would have not been living the lifestyle you were living, your daughter wouldn't have been born like that makes no sense. That's just, that's stupid to say, right? Why, why would you say something like that? Because he's really dumb, right? I just, that's my spiritual understanding of it. But, but here's what we, here's the myth we've come to believe. And, and this is a myth that has been sold in some churches. This is myths that if you grew up in church, you kind of heard this and you heard rumblings of it. And some of us bit and some of us didn't. But the myth is this, if I don't do anything bad, then nothing bad will happen to me, Right? And this isn't just a good old Assemblies of God thing like I grew up or a good old Baptist thing like Derek grew up or, or a good old Methodist thing like Debbie grew up or a good old Mennonite thing like Stan grew up with. No, 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 no. This is something that a lot of us have heard and even the disciples are saying, man, whose fault was it, right? This guy's born blind, so was it his parents' fault or his fault or what's going on here, and we've been doing this since the beginning of time. The book of Job, right? One of the oldest books, if not the oldest book in the Bible. 
Job, you know the story of Job. If you don't know, I've never read the book of Job. It's the book that's, you read it as Job, right? It's, that's Job. Um, you're like, oh, okay. I was wondering why they never talk about Job. It's Job, right? It's like La Jolla. It's not La Jolla. It's La Jolla. Um, but the book of Job, Job loses everything. And Job, let's just call it the way it is. Job is God's favorite person on the planet. He is. Go read it. He, Job is his man. Like Satan's like, oh, all these people you make, they don't love you. And God's like, not my boy, Job. Job, you're my boy, blue, like, right? This is my, this is my boy. And all of a sudden, Job didn't do anything wrong. None of his family did anything wrong. None of his friends didn't. He wasn't leading this shady life, but everything is taken from him. His kids, his health, his wealth, and his wife looks at him and says, Job, you would be better off if you cursed God and died. If you just, if you just went about, it would be a better life than what you're living now. And Job's friends, right? I love Job's friends. Job's friends come over and like, hey, Job, what'd you do? Like, like you, you must have done something because this doesn't just happen. Like, bad things don't just happen to good people. You must have done something bad in order for something. And Job was like, I didn't do anything. He's like, you did something, right? Like, I didn't do nothing, you did something, right? And, and it's this whole thing of like, man, that's how we have been when it comes to humanity. But here's what Jesus says. Jesus says this in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus never promised that you wouldn't experience trials, that you wouldn't experience heartbreak, that you wouldn't experience loss, that you wouldn't go through situations and circumstances where you're going, why did this happen? In fact, James chapter one, verse two, very beginning part of James, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Here's what Jesus didn't promise. Jesus didn't promise that you're gonna have this long run of good luck. I'm the luckiest person in the world, man. I hope you are, I hope you are, but, but he doesn't promise that. He doesn't promise you good health. He doesn't promise you winning lottery tickets. Well, I prayed about it a long time, Just I'm gonna just take the tithe and put it on this, and if it doesn't, it wasn't God's will. No, 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 no. He didn't promise you that fortune cookie, everybody gets a fortune cookie with lucky numbers. What? Right? He doesn't promise you a job promotion. And here's the simple reality. Sometimes, sometimes, faith doesn't fix it. Right? You can't just name it, claim it. You can't have enough faith and all of a sudden it's going to turn around. Sometimes there are situations, there are trials and tribulations and many trials that you face that Jesus told you, hey, this is what's going to happen. I remember when my mom passed away about 10 years ago. She'd been sick for about five years and um, neither one of my kids really knew my mom because my mom was sick for as long as they had been alive. And I remember praying for my mom. I remember praying when she was on dialysis and then she had heart issues. And I, I know people, when I was youth pastor, Kirk and Dolls come to mind, you know, that um, just was praying for my mom and praying with me for my mom. And there were so many issues, so many things going on. She started having strokes. And, and, and 
I was just like, God, I, I'm a, in ministry, my sister and brother-in-law in ministry, you know, why aren't you answering these prayers? And there was so much, there was so many things she had to go through that I just still don't understand why. It just seemed cruel to me. It seemed cruel to my dad had to experience watching his wife's health just collapse and go away. And I remember when my mom passed away, and I remember being in that, nur that nursing home, the hospital room with her, and all of a sudden, she, all life just left. And I remember just saying, I just lost my mom. And, and I remember the pain and the anger and the hurt in that moment. And some of you, your situation looks different, but you feel that same pain, you feel that same hurt, you feel that same disappointment, because the problem is this, there were plans I had for my mom still. Right, there was, there was things that should have happened. Right, I would love for my mom to still be here and to be able to see like my daughters and watch Charlie doing FFA, right? And watch Chloe playing basketball and watch what Casey, how she treats me and she would take up for me, right? Like all these, <laughs> all these, all these things that would happen. And I have like all these what should have been moments that aren't. And what do you do? Because here's the temptation. We want to come in church and pretend that everything is okay when everything is anything but okay. And it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And here's what I want you to know. If that's where you are, if that's what you're experiencing, if you're just dealing with situations you don't understand, Stand. Let me know what God, let me let you know what God does promise. He promises this. God knows where you are even when we aren't where we want to be. God knows where you are even when you aren't where you want to, even when life doesn't look like you want life to look like. Even when life doesn't look like you are planning on life looking like. Here's what I can let you know and rest assured in, is that God knows exactly where you are and not just knows where you are, he's there with you in it. So your life that seems so messed up, your life that feels so forgotten about, the situations that don't make sense, can I tell you, I can't give you a reason that it's gonna make sense today, but what I can give you is an assurance that you are not alone. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 through 39. This is called the chapter of faith, right? The faith of heroes. Like this is the, the who's who of faith people. And the writer of Hebrews is, is writing He's talking about Daniel, and he's talking about David, and he's talking about Samuel, and all these different people that have accomplished great things. And it says this, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. When I read that, I'm like, yeah, right? Like, that's the William Wallace of the Bible right there. Like, I'm like, I'm going to be brave heart freedom, right? Like, I'm like, yes, that, I, I want that. And then verse 35 says, women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured. Refusing to turn from God in order to be set free, they placed their hope in a better life 
after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received what God had promised. Wow. I've grown up in church and I've never heard a sermon on verse 39. We like to preach all the verses before it that are fun and sexy, right? Some of you are like, did he just call the Bible sexy? I sure did. And we want to pay attention to the good parts and the parts where we're more than conquerors and the parts where we're victorious and the healings. But, but this part is talking about what about the people that didn't live that life? Right, where they didn't get what they were believing and faith didn't fix it. Here's what this verse is not saying. It's not saying that these people, that, that the verse 39 followers, that when, you're, when your life turns into verse 39, it's not saying these guys are the faith rejects. It's saying, man, these people's life still applauded by God. These people's faith were still applauded by God. But the reality is what they were hoping and what they were believing for never came about on this earth. And what do you do when your life looks like verse 39 in life? When what you hoped for, what you believed for, what you prayed for, what you fasted for, never becomes your reality. Hear me on this. I don't know why you can be mad, be angry, you can be hurt, you can be confused, you can be bitter, whatever it may be this morning as you're watching and you're in here, but hear me, God sees right where you are and he is with you right where you are, even if right where you are isn't where you want to be. There is a truth and a comfort in that. And the writer of Hebrews goes on to say this. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 through 6, it says, Let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. Shun greed. Be financially ethical. Be content with what you have. For he has said, and I want us to really plug in on this, I will never under any circumstance desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless. Nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently say, the Lord is my helper in the time of need. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me. And I want us to focus on this part of verse 5. For he has said, I will never. Everybody say never. never. Let's say it with conviction, never. 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 I will never under any circumstance desert you. It kind of reminds me of the 80 songs. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never going to turn around and desert you. Right? Um, so, I'm telling you I should have my own Bible version. It wouldn't be correct, but it'd be interesting. I will never under any circumstance, desert you. It's in my head now. I will never desert you, nor give you up. Derek, just come sing the song. I'll never desert you, never give you up, 
nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down, and I love this, or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. There's three words I want us to focus on, and the first one is never. When we hear the word never, like, I will never do that, what, what do people say? Never say never, right? Yep, yep, yep. Beat you to it. Um, some, I mean, you're just like, I'm never going to eat that. Never say never. Um, I'm never going to do that. I will, I will never do what you do, mom and dad. And mom and dad say, never say never, right? I'm never going to have kids. Like, that's just not going to be my life. And, and never say never. But, but let me tell you something. There are some things that I realize are never going to happen in my life. And so I want to give you five things that Justin Graves will never do. Um, and I like to talk in third person every once in a while. So five things that your pastor, Justin Graves, will never, ever do, have happen, will occur in my life. The first one is this, I will never eat Indian food again in my life. I got deathly, deathly sick. Not deathly sick, let's exaggerate. Let's, let's roll that back. I got food poisoning in Kenya. This past time I went, I have never thrown up my, in my life as much as I did. Um, and there were other things happening at the same time. And it was not an enjoyable Kenyan experience. We call it the Kenyan sensation, right? And I just, the last thing I ate was curry fish and shrimp, Indian food. And I'm telling you, I lost it. I lost not just lost it, I've lost a food group now. Like I'm just, it's never ever going to happen. And you can be like, well, I know this really good Indian food. There's no such thing anymore. There's not such thing as good Indian food. Second thing is this, I will never be a horse jockey. No, it's not in the cards. It's just not. I, I'm, not I'm just way too big. I'll be the, like, where's Joseph? Where's Pastor Joe? Oh, he's the really tall one, like dancing in the wind. His horse is last place, right? <laughs> it's never, never going to happen. I'm getting a visual picture of me up there. Um, I will never fit in or wear anything that is a size small. Um, I'm just, I'm not going to try to be that guy. And it's like, you know, like, look at me. Um, I'm not, I don't shop at Abercrombie. I'm not trying to be a frat boy. Um, no, it's extra large, maybe a large. Um, I will never, ever, ever wear Wranglers or cowboy boots at the same time. My daughter, Charlie, is in FFA, and a lot of the parents are like, when are you going to get some Wranglers and cowboy boots? I'm like, I'm not in FFA. She is in FFA, right? I'm not, I'm not going to wear Wranglers and cowboy boots, and here's why, because I will look like Woody off of Toy Story. It's <laughs> exactly what will happen. You know, like, there's a snake in my boots, right? Like, that's all that it would look like. Not doing it. The fifth thing that I will never do is I will never wear capri pants because I'm a man. <laughs> like, there's no gender confusion happening up here. I'm just telling you, you can call them man priests. Those are girls' pants that you were wearing. So I'm just going to let you know, probably got some Daisy Dukes on for the summer, right? Like, I'm just like, no. Capri pants are for girls. And here's, so many times, never sounds like such a big declaration. And in this verse, it is a big declaration because here's what never means. Never means at no time in the past or future, on no occasion, not ever. And God is saying this, not ever. I will never in the past, 
in the present or the future, no matter what your situation is, whether it's easy, whether it's hard, whether everything makes sense, whether you are confused, whether you are angry, whether you are happy, even if you don't like where you are, or you love where you are, I will never first thing desert you. I'll never desert you. I love it, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless. He doesn't desert you and have you try to figure it out on your own. When we were coming back um, from Mount Zion National Park, we drove into Vegas, we're getting checked in at the terminal, and Casey flies with me, we fly Southwest, and we've got a companion pass this year. And so anywhere I fly, she flies free, right? So, but she has to fly with me so that she can be my companion. It's not a controlling thing. That's the way Southwest did it. So don't, don't be like, oh, you're one of those husbands. No, it's just the way it works, right? And so we go to the terminal, I check in, and they're like, Who, who's flying? I'm like, here's my passport, Charles Graves. And some of you are like, Charles Graves, huh? I'm like, yes, my name's Charles Justin Graves. The first day of school sucked every day. Um, but it's Charles here? I was like, ooh, gross. Um, yeah, it's me. Um, Chaz. Um, but, and they start looking up my reservation and like, okay, we've got you. And who's flying with you? I'm like, my wife, Casey. And they're like, huh. And I'm like, can I just tell you, when you are checking in for a flight or you go to the dentist office, you don't want to hear, huh? Right? Like you open your mouth and like, huh, that's weird. Like, oh, dang it. You know, you're like, I got a cavity. I got to have a root canal, something like that. Same thing pretty much happened. Is they're like, we don't have a seat for Casey Graves. I'm like, we have her flying out next Monday or next Thursday instead of this Thursday. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, how, how's that possible? Right? Because she's she can't fly on her own because she's my companion. And they're like, well, did you book it on your own? And they like talk to me like I was a 93-year-old person that's never looked at the internet. I'm like, no, I didn't book it on my own, but even if I did, I would do it right, right? I was like, I called you and you guys got it wrong. And they're like, oh, here's what didn't happen. We're in Vegas, I've got a ticket, Casey doesn't. I don't look at Casey and go deuces, right? Like, hope you can figure it out, hope you get home. Here's $25 a day, you know, be smart, put it on red, whatever. Um, but no, 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 I didn't desert her, I didn't leave her, why? Because I love her and I also value my life. Um, but I, I didn't leave her on her own. I wasn't like, man, I hope you get this figured out. I hope you can get home, no. And the same thing is true when it comes to you and the Lord. Some of you, the reality is we feel like God has left us because it got hard. Some of us, the reality is life wasn't, isn't what we planned and what we thought it would look like at this stage. And we're going, where's God at? And can I tell you, he will never desert you to figure it out on your own. He hasn't gone anywhere even though life doesn't look like what you thought. In fact, his word says this, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Why? Because he is a good shepherd, and a good shepherd doesn't leave when there's danger around, doesn't leave when the sheep are uneasy. But he stays close, and the sheep, if they know what they're doing, they get close to the shepherd. And let me just encourage you, man, maybe life doesn't look like you thought it was gonna look like. Maybe you're disappointed, maybe you're angry, maybe you're scared, because the future's uncertain. Instead of going out and trying to figure it out on your own, 
Get close to your shepherd because he'll never desert you. The other thing is this. He says, I will never forsake you. Right? I'll never forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you. He's got a hold of you. Right? He's got, he's got a hold of your life. And while everything seems to be out of control, he's got a hold on you. Sometimes I, I, I struggle with moments when things don't go as I planned or as I prayed them to be. And I think that's the problem. Sometimes I pray that something will happen and I think God has to do what I pray instead of your kingdom come and your will be done. It's really your kingdom come, but I really want my will done, God. And when that doesn't happen, I'm going, well, where are you at, God? I prayed for this. And can I tell you, he's still got a firm hold of me. He hasn't let go in a moment. Remember when we went to Disney World at Christmas time? If you're thinking about going to Disney World at Christmas time, don't. Don't do it. It's not magical. It's not memorable. It's crowded. It's hot. It's sweaty. It's expensive. It's not fun. Don't do it. And we went several years ago to Disney World at Christmas time. And I mean, when I say it's shoulder to shoulder, it is shoulder to shoulder. They had to close the park because it was at max capacity. That's fun. And so Chloe is there. She's really small at this time. Casey and Charlie are shopping and we're on Main Street. And one really cool thing they did do is that they made it snow on Main Street. And Chloe's probably six, five years old, something like this. And it starts snowing and it's like she turned into Buddy the Elf, right? She's like, I'm in love, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. And she just starts chasing the snow on Main Street. And like, remember, it is like, she lets go of my hands like I'm out, right? Like I'm chasing the snow and she just goes for it. And the, the snow is going and the music's playing and it's magical and it's going on and it's great and it's fantastic. And then it stops snowing. And she doesn't know just for a half second where I'm at, right? She's like, she's looking around like, uh-oh, I'm, I'm lost. And I don't even know if she remembers this because she was so small. And I saw her start looking around. I said, Chloe, right here, I got you, right? And, and I never lost track of her. Why? Because I actually like that kid. <laughs> I love her. Like, she is mine. So there's no way in the world... I would ever take my eye off of her just because she let go of me. Can I tell you, my love for Chloe pales in comparison to the love your heavenly father has for you. And there's no way he's going to lose his grip on you. Man, there's no way that he has lost track of where you're at. And hear me, I understand. Maybe it doesn't look like you thought it was going to look like. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're upset. That's okay. But understand this truth that he will never desert you, will never have you just leave you to figure it out on your own, and he won't forsake you. He won't forget about you. He won't take his eyes off of you. He won't lose his grip on you. So when you are experiencing trials, when you're experiencing the unknown and the unplanned, and you are grieving what should have been and the loss of potential, let me encourage you to keep your grip on him. Because the simple truth is this. Even if you aren't where you want to be, he knows exactly where you are. 
and he's there right there with you. Let's pray. Jesus, I love you. And God, I just come before you today, and Lord, there's moments in life that are hard. And we don't plan for the hard parts. We don't plan for the disappointing parts. And yet, your word says that, man, we're going to experience sorrow. We're going to experience trials. In this life, you'll have many tribulations. But take peace because you have overcome the world. And faith isn't just about getting what we want. Faith is still holding on when we don't get what we want. Faith is a roadmap to life. It's not a magic potion that gets rid of all the mess. It's not this superpower that we can yield whenever we want. But it's a roadmap. It's a relationship for us to follow and to grab hold of, especially when life doesn't go the way we thought it would go, especially when it doesn't make sense, especially when we're hurting, especially when we're disappointed, especially when we're confused. And so, Lord, I pray for every person that may be here today that is confused, that is hurt. Man, they're just upset. They're just disappointed. And they are struggling with what they thought life was going to be. And their reality is totally different. I pray today that they would hold on to you firmly. And that they would rest in the truth that you will never, never, ever, not now, not in the past, not in the future, not ever forsake us, desert us, or forget about us. But you're right in the mess with us. So Lord, let us take a firm grip and have a firm grip on you. Because your word promises this, that if we will draw close to you, you will draw near to us. So, Lord, let us feel the nearness of you, Holy Spirit, moving and guiding and directing our lives even when it's hard and even when we're hurting. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here and where I'm at, with where my relationship is with Jesus Christ, I know it's not where it should be. I know, I know my life, my relationship with him should be at a better place. Or maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. We want to give you that chance. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all our unrighteousness, all our sins, all our mess ups. And so here in just a second, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, if you need to get things right, if you need to make a first-time decision, whether you're here or you're watching online, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. And all we're going to do is lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me. Yep. Yep. Is there anyone else you join? These two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. You say, Justin, that's me. Yep. I see you. Is there anyone else you join these three hands before we go any further in service and just say, man, where I'm at, 
man, I know, I know. I know it's not where I should be at. And you join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today, yeah. Is there anyone else you join these four hands that are lifted? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me. I mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, the life that I have been living, I turn from it. I repent of it and I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.